This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me tonight two awesome co-hosts. I feel like anytime we do this show at nighttime, I'm able to grab you guys, and it's really exciting. So we got Ryan with us. How are you tonight, Ryan? It's all a conspiracy. The Last Jedi sucks. The Mandalorian's the best sequel since episode six. Do not at me. We were talking about Star Wars right before the show started. And yes, if you are not watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, you really need to. I unfortunately have not caught the second episode yet, but the first episode completely blew me away. So I'm excited to actually hunker down and watch the second episode, which you guys should also watch because they're only about 30-something minutes long. So it's an easy, easy watch. But uh, AJ, you're with us tonight as well. How are you, AJ? I am feeling great. My first time back on Top 10 in like a good three months. Um, Me too, man. Ryan, Ryan, you're a pussy for saying don't at me. Everybody at him. (laughs) Because he has terrible, terrible opinions when it comes to Star Wars, and so does Tia apparently. But I uh, have to agree with Ryan on the Last Jedi, but that is an argument for another day. I was going to say, AJ, it hasn't been that long since you've been on, because I could have sworn you were on a show last month where we did the top ten '80s movies. But it has been a very long time since Ryan has been here, so I'm excited for this episode. It is, what, the middle of November. This year is practically done, and not only in January will it be a new year, but we will officially be done with this decade. The 2010s are done, so with that, we should absolutely celebrate the top 10 comic book movies of the past decade, and I think that we should just jump right along with it. And let's go with Ryan first. Give us your number 10 for the top 10 comic book movies of this past decade. Uh, All right. I'm going to get some slack for putting this at number 10, but it's going to be The Dark Knight, the 2008 Christopher Nolan film. Uh, That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. It's 2010. Oh, my God. It's 2008. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I even said 2008. I even said 2008. I'm so stupid. Okay, I know which one I'm going to replace with it. Man of Steel, 2013. There you go. That should be number one. I can't believe I did that. Oh, my God. You like The Last Jedi. Your opinion's invalid. Sorry. But no, Man of Steel, I think, was a really good introduction to the I don't even want to say the whole name because it's such a dumpster fire. But the DC, no universe, world of DC, whatever the fuck they call it, that DC universe thing. But uh, I thought it was a great first film. I thought Henry, Henry Cavill is the ideal Superman. The dude is built like him, 
And every time I watch him, like, especially in, like, Justice League and Batman v Superman, the dude, he, looking at his face, he's just like, wow, that face has the fucking hope sign on it. I would follow this man into war any day of the week. And I'm not going to mention anything. I'm I'm straight, but, like, that shirtless scene in Man of Steel, goddamn, dude, I was scared just sitting in the fucking theater. But I also think that this is one of Zack Snyder's greatest films. Um, Watchmen was was okay. We're not going to count Justice League and Batman v. Shit, shit Man, whatever the hell that movie's called. That all sucked, but... I I really just wanted to see a whole city get destroyed by this extraterrestrial being, and I got that. And we got Zod played by Michael Shannon, which was fucking great. And I know a lot of people have a problem with the ending of, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this movie from almost seven years ago, sorry, but when he snapped Zod's neck, and it's just like the Batman controversy, oh, Superman doesn't kill yeah, well, this isn't your original Superman story, so shut the fuck up. Sorry. And I I like how Henry Cavill can express so much emotion and choices through his facial feature in that scene. Him knowing that he has to snap his neck to save the family, but he doesn't want to because that's not what he stands for. That's not quote-unquote hopeful. And he still did the deed. He felt bad about it, but in the end, he knew that was the right call because that's what he needed to do. And I give Henry Cavill a lot of credit towards that because I remember him getting a lot of shit when he was announced and even after the movies. And I hope he comes back in future DC films. Uh, But I'm just glad we're going to see him on The Witcher for two seasons and maybe the next Mission Impossible if they want to do some reverse death shit. But yeah, that's why I think it's one of the best top or the 10th best comic book film this year. Yeah, I um. So is it Cavill or Cavill? I never knew how to like I, pronounce. I always name. heard both, so I say Cavill. I always okay. say Cavill. I always say Cavill. Either way, uh, <laughs> either way, Henry Cavill is amazing. You know, I've not been a huge fan of most of the. DCEU movies, but I will agree that Man of Steel was a pretty solid movie, certainly one of the standouts in Zack Snyder's universe that he was building, and Henry Cavill really is a fantastic Superman. The fact that we never got a Man of Steel 2 absolutely sucks, uh, because it would have been nice to really just kind of build upon one of the successful movies within this universe and it just I'm so happy that Henry Cavill's career has kind of boosted the way that it has he was amazing in Mission Impossible Fallout um I really can't wait for The Witcher on Netflix so to me it sucks that it seems like we may not get Henry back as Superman but um what what's the expression? Uh, Superman walked so that the Witcher could run. That's pretty much it. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, as far as Man of Steel, Man of Steel was good. It, I thought it was a solid Superman movie. And again, I think because uh, Henry was so great in it is the whole reason why uh, we really just want a second Man of Steel so desperately. So AJ, what are your thoughts on? I know that you said that this should be, you know, 
further down the list, but I think that we've established that this list, though it's the top ten, and we try to go in order as best as we can, it's not really in order. So, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on top ten on The Man of Steel being one of the top ten comic book movies of the past decade? Okay, this is gonna be a huge spoiler. It was for number one. It was tied between Man of Steel and Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, Man of Steel was the perfect movie um, in the decade for as yeah the perfect movie for the decade and the perfect Superman movie. I don't, I don't care what other people say. If they say something different, they're all idiots. You can add me on that one. Um, those who complain about Superman killing Zod, you can go crawl underneath a rock or something because you don't deserve sunlight. Um, <laughs> Emotions are high. This <laughs> I think the last Jedi talk before this conversation. Yeah, that got me real heated. Anyway, <laughs> Manasil is one. It's the best superhero movie of all time, and I have wow. to agree with Ryan, and I have wow. to agree with Tia that this deserves to be on the top 10 best decade list. Yeah, wow. It certainly deserves to be on it. Um, I would, uh, Me, personally, this is just objective. Uh, I don't believe it is the greatest superhero movie of all time, certainly not this decade, but you are always entitled to your opinion, AJ, and I'm glad that you are so uh, riled up for Man of Steel. <laughs> Especially with The Last Jedi. Is a just really remember, I said yeah. best superhero movie. I didn't say best movie, so just I'm just pointing okay. that out. Okay. No, I listen, it uh it is a good movie. He's a great Superman. I was Did you guys we see Shazam either of you? Yes. I thought it was okay. overrated. It was incredibly, but I was so mad at the end of that movie when they're like, and his buddy, his his buddy Superman, and you get the headless Superman, and I'm thinking to myself, you really couldn't like just get Henry in for two seconds just to film that scene, and I don't think it was Henry's like you know thing. I think that it was the studio. So to me, I'm just like, you guys are stupid, guys are, like really stupid, but. Um, Great pick, Ryan, for the number 10. Certainly, I think, an awesome way to kick everything off. And, AJ, I'm going to go to you for the number nine. Okay. So, I actually have <laughs> I have two movies, but it can be considered one movie if you watch them, like, um, back-to-back. I'm choosing Batman The Dark Knight Returns and Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. Um, when did that come out? Uh, came out 2012, 2013. Okay. I think. Yeah. Um, part one came out 2012. Um, part two came out 2013. Um, I I think almost every nerd should know this quote that Batman said when he, spoiler, spoiler alert, demolished Superman. He says, I want you to remember, Clark, and all the years to come, in your most private moments, I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. I swear 
that scene alone just gave me chills down my spine, and it still gives gives me chills today. Um, the you can feel the rival um, rival. Oh my god, I can't say it. Rivalry between Bruce and Clark, and I just think it's one of those moments that I feel like it's going to be I'll remember even past this decade, next decade, and so on and so forth. And I just feel like this is the movie I wanted Batman versus Superman to be instead of Batman versus Superman and Wonder Woman and Doomsday. Um, I think that's what everybody wanted, to be honest. And we didn't get that, so a lot of people were disappointed, a.k.a. Ryan. He was very disappointed in that, but for, I guess, other reasons. Um, but anyway, I think that, um, these two movies deserve to be number nine on the top 10 best, um, comic book movie list. So AJ, you're going to get mad at me, but I've never seen this. Um, I had, you got some homework. (laughs) At first when he was, when you were like talking, I was like, what is he talking about? And so then. I had to look it up really quick, and I was like, oh, it's an animated movie that he's talking about. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I get it now that it's a two-parter and everything like that. So, um, <laughs> listen, uh, I'm all for any movie being a Batman versus Superman that wasn't actually that Batman versus Superman movie because that was terrible. Um, so if you're saying that this is what it should have been, then 100% I'm going to go with your expertise. But because I can't say a lot about it since I've not seen it, I'm going to move on to Ryan and ask you what you think about AJ's pick. His, uh, his, his kind of cheating here in his two-parter. <laughs> it can be considered one movie if you watch it back-to-back. <laughs> yeah, any the, the whole MCU could be considered one movie if you sit down and watch all of them. <laughs> Fair but enough. yeah, Ryan, what what are your opinions on AJ's pick? So, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of animated films, especially DC and Marvel, but. I have seen the Flashpoint Paradox, but not the Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. But, before AJ gets mad at me because he likes The Last Jedi, I just want to say that the DC Universe app does not have it. And I've wanted to watch it for a while. It looks pretty decent. So I'm going to go with AJ and believe that he made a good choice because I've heard nothing but good things about that uh Comic movie, uh, fucking anime movie. Couldn't think of the word. Where is so? Yes, yeah. and then where is Juwan here? Good lord, you guys! You got to <laughs> revoke your nerd cards and everything. Good lord. Hey, I'm hey. sorry. I like watching actual movies. Uh, animated movies are actual movies, but okay. Except for Spider-Man to Spider Verse, every other anime movie that's not. Oh my goodness! Get, is, get, get out of here, Ryan. Bye. <laughs> 
Um, AJ, I have to say that Juwan didn't know what Dungeons and Dragons were up until about a couple of months ago, and I feel like oh, every no. nerd knows what that <laughs> is, so if you're thinking about revoking our nerd card, Juwan definitely had his revoke months ago, so I want to <laughs> let you know that. <laughs> so that's so strange, though, that the DC Universe app doesn't have it. It's like... um. I do have to say really quick before we move on, um, I was able to obtain a screeners of the upcoming Harley Quinn animated series. And since AJ, and since AJ you seem to be uh, a big fan of, like, animated stuff, it's amazing. It is amazing. Like, I can't wait... I can't wait to put out the review. I can't wait to actually be able to talk about it in depth, but it is fucking amazing. I love that show. Kelly Cuoco, or however you say her name is, is fantastic as Harley Quinn, and Alan Tudyk is probably the best Joker next to Mark Hamill as far as, like, voice acting goes. So it's amazing. And all the episodes yeah, are roughly around. Yeah, I'm going to need you to watch Dark Knight Returns then. <laughs> Um, Why? Because of uh, because of uh, what? Like, is the Joker in here or something? No? Or I just need to watch yeah. it in general. He is in there. Joker is in there. Ah, I'm just saying, AJ, you're going to love the show Harley Quinn. It's amazing. It's so freaking good. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. And each episode is only about 22 episodes long, so it's a super easy watch. But anyway, um, I... If you guys can tell me where to watch this movie, then I'll check it out sometime. But if it's not I won't, say, it, I won't say about, I'll send you a link. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. We can't say it on there. <laughs> 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 All right. Awesome. So I'm going to move on to the next one. And I was thinking about it, right? And again, these. Like, this list is not in order, especially since I don't know what you guys are going to come out with or anything. So I just want to throw it out because I want it to be my pick. But it is going to be uh, Captain America Winter Soldier from 2014. Um, I I think I was saying this on a show recently. I still rank this as my number one favorite Marvel movie of all time. And this is after I have let Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War, like, sit there and stew, and I think about it. And while those were, like, you know, the next ones down, I still think, to me, in my mind, as far as what I enjoy, nothing beats Captain America Winter Soldier. I love everything about this movie. I love the spy espionage aspect of it. I love what they did with Steve Rogers, his friendship with uh, Sam Wilson, the inclusion of Natasha, Hydra, you have Brock Rumlow in it, you have Sharon Carter, you have the reveal of Bucky really being a Winter Soldier. Everything is so cool about it. It really gave this very adult feel to the normally very, like, happy-go-lucky MCU, and I really liked that feel of it. I felt like if you took away the fact that these were all comic book characters, that this could have just been a regular spy thriller, and that's what I really enjoyed about it. Um, And I still think that it's probably one of the top best uh, MCU 
movies of all times, and I wish that we could get more of this. And I'm hoping that this type of feel is what they do in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series for Disney+. Plus. So my number eight is going to be the Winter Soldier, AJ. Where does the Winter Soldier rank on your MCU list? And please don't tell me to go look at your letterbox. Shout out to Letterbox, Amazing app, by the way. Um, Tia, you need to use it more. Shame on you. Um, (laughs) Anyway, what is the rank on my Marvel? Is it just MCU list or is it just? You like your MCU list, I guess, you know? I mean, I know that it's uh, unfair, I guess, to kind of compare it to, say, like comic book movies in general. So I would say more so your MCU list. Okay. Uh, It's top ten. So it's ranked number six on my MCU list. Okay. And would you count it as one of the, like, best uh, comic book movies of the past decade. Yeah. I didn't have it on my list, but yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I, it's just a matter of opinion. I still think it's fantastic. I can put it on, like, right now and easily watch it. And, again, like, just thinking about it makes me super excited for the upcoming Falcon and Winter Soldier series, which is current. I'm so hyped. It's currently filming for Disney Plus. The concept art looks amazing. We're finally going to see Buffy with short hair again and not looking like a grease ball anymore. And hopefully we will see Sam Wilson in the Captain America outfit, which I'm really hoping for. So, yeah. But, um, Ryan, what do you think about Captain America Winter Soldier? So, like, honestly, not my top five Marvel films, but definitely my top ten. And in my rank, it is actually number eight. So I think it's kind of great that you put it at number eight because I couldn't agree more. This film, when it first came out, I really enjoyed it. But in Everyone, like, always kept defending it as the best Marvel film. And to me, I never thought it was the best Marvel film. I I definitely give it a lot of credit for doing something different, and they made it totally work with a spy espionage-type film and not, like, a a regular comic book film with a super villain that's going to take over the galaxy like Thanos or something. But it's an espionage film. It's more controlled. It's more centered in on one specific place than a bigger picture. It's not. It's sort of worried about setting up a few things with Falcon, Bucky, and and the future of shows. It's trying to set up a few things, but that's going to happen with any Marvel movie. But what I appreciate from it is it's not setting up to like an even bigger film, like you get in every single end credit scenes at the end of Avengers. You have a Thanos. At the end of Age of Ultron, Thanos is getting the gauntlet. And he comes Avengersly. So I feel like in this movie is not building to a bigger universe. It's just trying to build itself in a Captain America type of universe. Because like you said before with Captain, not Captain America, 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, these are all characters that are related to Captain America specifically. No one really outside of that circle. And I think Captain America Winter Soldier really introduced the one of the better side superheroes. I, I don't want to say like sidekick or side superhero, but like someone that's not Captain America, which is the Falcon. I was I kind of knew he was going to get the shield as, after the end of Endgame or um, at the end of Endgame, and I couldn't be happier when he got it because I see a lot of people making arguments about Bucky getting the shield. Like, no, man. Sam is pure of heart. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. That's not what made Captain America Captain America. Captain America is a man with a pure heart, and he's a good man. He He wasn't chosen to become a super soldier because – he was really buff already and was a good soldier already. If he was that, he wouldn't have gone through the transformation of becoming Captain America, and I feel like that's why Bucky shouldn't have got it, other than the fact that he was a terrorist at one point. <laughs> it doesn't really help. But I, th- I think this movie is a good spy thriller. It definitely sets itself apart from any of the other MCU films, and I couldn't agree more with the number eight pick. I think it's really interesting what you said um, because I too have seen a lot of the internet that points out how Buffy should have been um, picked for, you know, the shield and how imagine if you were Bucky and how you would have felt blah, blah, blah. But to me, it, there was no other choice other than Sam Wilson to get the shield. Because we've seen since, you know, day one how worthy Sam actually was of that shield. And as you just pointed out, Sam, uh, not Sam, wow, Ryan, as you just pointed out, there was this this thing that someone did, you know, in the first uh, uh, Captain America film where the scientist says to Steve, you know, that he's, you know, not a great soldier but a good man. And that's what Sam is, a good man, and that's why he gets the shield. So I don't understand everyone who is so insistent on Bucky deserving just because they were childhood friends. Like, Sam has been by Cap's side since day one, and as you said, was not an international terrorist at some point. So Sam absolutely deserves the shield. I was really excited for that, and yeah. I think we can all agree that we're just really excited for the series to come out on Disney Plus. But um, who are we back at now? Oh, Ryan, you are the number seven. So I kind of didn't want to make this an all MCU and DC type of um, list because I, I know where the three of us go usually. And I knew there was a film that I was forgetting that I really loved. And I think it came out in 2012. I can't remember. 2012, 2013. But it's the Dread reboot. Have you guys seen it by any chance? No. Oh, this <laughs> movie is so good. Are you seen that? I haven't seen I'll run it. over. And, oh, what? Now I know how you feel. Shit. Okay. So Dread is such a good movie. It's Carl Urban is the main man. He's a, he's, I don't even know how to describe it. He's a, they're called Judge Dreads. They're sort of like a more enhanced and badass cop. They don't take shit. They'll beat the shit out of you. They'll, they'll kill you. 
And the chick that played the Lannister sister in Game of Thrones, I was going to name the, the blonde chick, she plays the villain in the film. And so Dredd goes into a 50-story apartment complex in a really dystopian future, and he goes up against her drug pin or whatever, their drug cartel, and they go through 50 floors of men. And it's in such a stylized form that it's fucking beautiful and fantastic to watch. If you have a 4K TV, try and find the 4K version of this movie and tell me it's not some of the best visual effects you've seen in the movie this year, this decade. Carl Urban is always a plus. If you guys haven't seen The Boys, this if you've seen him in The Boys, that is Dread, just not as much talking and without the accent. That's exactly who Dread is. And honestly, I can't even describe this film because it's so oddly unique. And all I can say is you guys should definitely go see it before you make, like, your top ten decade list. Uh, comic, book, comic book movies list of the year or decade. It's just such a good movie, especially with, like, Carl Urban. And he has, like, a sidekick character or um, someone that he takes as an apprentice. And she's really good. I've seen her in a few things, but I don't really know who she is. I'm pretty sure you guys might know her, too. But you guys should totally check it out. Such a good film. I mean, I remember when the trailers were coming out for this because obviously I know the Sylvester Stallone version of Judge Dredd, and I. But I believe at this point I didn't really know Carl Urban in anything unless he was already in one of the Star Trek movies. I can't remember when the first one came out, but two thousand nine. Uh, okay, then. And then I think I was at least a little bit aware of uh, Carl Urban because I liked him in at least the first two Star Trek movies. But um, I love Carl Urban now after The Boys. I know AJ wasn't the biggest fan of The Boys. I fucking loved it. I rank, I rank it on like one of my favorite superhero shows of all times. And actually they, I believe, have just finished filming the second season, so we should be getting uh, the second season very early on in 2020. But no, they said um, next summer. They said next summer. Sorry. Okay. Okay. No, no. Thank you for correcting me. I don't want to be spewing out uh, false facts here. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, so you know the thing is, is that it's unfortunate they would never do a sequel for Dread because I believe that the director like, hated it so much, like, the experience, that he, like, outright said, like, he would never do a a sequel to this, which I think is too bad, because from what I see, people really enjoyed Carl Urban as, uh, as this character, but I've not seen it, and I don't think AJ has seen it. Is that what you said, AJ? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Is it because you're not a Carl Urban fan, or you just weren't <laughs> interested in Dread? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. Um, the first time I watched Dread, I didn't really care for it. I know a lot of people are gonna hate me for that, but once I heard about the reboot, I was like, eh, I don't really care. It's not because of Carl Urban or anything. It's I just I want wasn't. I respect for you. <laughs> I just wasn't a big fan of the franchise as is, so. I didn't even give it a chance. 
Maybe I will after this. Maybe I won't. Depends on my mood. <laughs> Jesus Christ, well, AJ. I mean, I mean, AJ, you're yelling at us for not having seen Batman: yeah. uh, The Dark Knight Returns. So. Well, that's more important than Dread, but. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I see how it is, AJ. I see. How I it mean, is. it is. I'm just speaking facts here, so. When do you when do you see Rise of Skywalker again? <laughs> Wait, what? When do you see Rise of Skywalker again? Twenty first, uh, what or twentieth? What day, what time? I think seven o'clock. No, it was six. Six o'clock. Oh man, I'm gonna get out of that movie before you go in. I'm just gonna send you all bunch of messages telling you what happened. I won't read my mail. I'll have my phone off. I'll call <laughs> you. I will text your mother. To tell you what you have a number, <laughs> bro. Google search that shit real fast. She doesn't have a phone. God damn it! I'll send, <laughs> I'll send a fucking handwritten note with a bird to you. We don't have houses. <laughs> I'll pigeon that shit. I'm watching on you the 19th. You have to ruin it for you. I'm watching on the 19th. Damn it! So, actually, I'm going to take you all the spoilers. <laughs> no! I'm going to kill you, man. Don't. Don't yeah. ruin it for me. Spoiler, everybody. Ray died. Thank God. I hope Ray oh, dies. Shit. We're I not get into that. Next I month. will not get into that. That'll, that'll be a, a topic for another day. I feel like The Last Jedi is going to be like the Justice League, where it's just Talked about nothing will be like the Justice League. Don't even compare them. I'm sorry. Release the Snyder Cut. Terrible analogy. AJ, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. The Last Jedi made Justice League look good. All right. What are you smoking? Okay. Okay. What are you smoking? I wouldn't go that far. Tell me. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, but there. But they're equally this as bad. Is, like, look, far this is why you never trust anybody that likes Suicide Squad. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> wow, AJ. You know what? I'm always so nice to you. I like talk highly of you and everything. And this is how I'm repaid. Like, you okay. Well, you betrayed me by saying that just, um, Last Jedi is uh, as good as Justice League. And as it's good not, as bad as sorry, as bad as Justice League. As bad as Justice League. Oh my god, it was but so bad. It's just, the last it was a Jedi is fire. But okay. Oh my god. AJ, I respect your opinion. I really do. If you like the last Jedi, that's cool. You know, that's good for you. Um It's I not just, an opinion, it's a fact. <laughs> no, it is it's an opinion. Try to be nice here. Try to be nice here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, AJ, you know, I guess it's it's, uh, it's, I it's your turn. Say, I just want to <laughs> say, every almost everyone didn't like Empire Strikes Back until like twenty years later. I just want to point that out. So yeah. years from now, we'll like the last Jedi. The best one yep, everybody's gonna like the last Jedi and the book. Oh, we always liked The Last Jedi. We always did. Just like people <laughs> hated the prequels, and now everybody's on the prequels. No, 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 no. Like, oh, I my lo- good No, no. Bunch of hypocrites. I, lo- 
I loved the prequels when they came out, all right? No, no, no. I was one of those people where in the recent years when I've heard all the shit about the prequels, I was like, what are they talking about? The prequels were awesome. So, no, no, no. I like the prequels when they came out. So, don't rope me in on that shit. <laughs> Damn. Okay, Damn. next. <laughs> AJ, it's your turn. It's you, buddy. It's your number three. It's all you. I swear you have to oh, say the last Jedi is number one. <laughs> First of all, The Last movie. Jedi isn't number one, but I'm on the side. It's not a comic movie. It ain't going on this. <laughs> all right. Anyway, I'm going to do a Wolverine movie. Logan? And it is called The Wolverine. What the fuck? So, <laughs> it's Logan. It's Logan. Oh, uh, like, I'm like, like you are really like you're not tricking me, man. Motherfucker. I you. Anyway. No. Oh, my God. Shut up about Logan. Why are you saying the Wolverine? Logan. 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 That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Are you done? Are you done? No. Go ahead, AJ. Anyway, Logan is probably one of the best comic book movies. Um, Sorry live-action Marvel movie that has ever been created. Um, yeah, Wolverine, yeah, what's her name? Diane King, who was also incredible, and wish we had an X-23 movie that was going to spin off from Logan, but that's not going to happen. Um, Patrick Stewart, incredible, and probably one of his best performances ever. Same with um, Hugh Jackman. Loved him and Logan. Uh, just everything acting-wise was incredible. Um, the action was well done. Um, this is the first time we saw Wolverine go wild, even though it was for like 30 seconds. It was still an incredible 30 seconds. And I will contend that this is probably one, not only the best, one of the best comic book movies, but one of the best movies in general. Um, AJ, this is on my list, so I'm like, shit. But, yeah, Logan, <laughs> Logan was amazing. Um, I remember being, like, really disappointed with, say, Wolverine movies right, because we had Wolverine Origins and then The Wolverine, and I always loved Hugh Jackman as The Wolverine, so I didn't understand why these other uh, movies were sucking so badly, right? And But then the then Logan came out, and the trailers looked so amazing, and then I went there, and it's like they did something just so completely different. I loved how, um, like, freeing it was, right, because it was rated R, so they were able to curse, they were able to, you know, show the brutality that, you know, the Wolverine can actually inflict on people, and they didn't really care about, you know, it being, say, a continuity, they were like, we're just going to make this one last movie, and it's going to give everything, I loved you know, Hugh Jackman playing old Wolverine, Patrick Stewart. I mean, Patrick Stewart's performance broke my heart. Um, You know, essentially being someone with his capabilities 
and having Alzheimer's, essentially. I mean, the conflict. And then X-23, I really wanted her to go somewhere. I think that's probably, like, one of the disappointments of, say, the Fox Marvel world disappearing is that we won't get that because she was absolutely amazing there. So I really like that. I just love the whole movie. It really is a masterpiece in the fact that, say, that didn't get recognition from the Oscars is insane because Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart put everything out there and it was it was just fabulous. Logan is, as you said, not only just one of the best comic book movies of the past decade, but one of the best movies in general in the past decade. So yeah, Logan absolutely deserves to be on this list and still, you know, no matter where the Fox Marvel world went and what happened to it, it Logan still stands out completely. So, AJ, great job with that. Ryan, what were your thoughts on Logan? So, Logan, I what year did it come out again? 2016, right? Yeah. 2017. 2017? Okay. So, I remember this perfectly. It came out a few, about a week or two before my birthday. And I noticed it was one of the first like serious, seriously connected comic book films, not including like Blade, let's say, to have an R rating. And I was excited to see it, but I was also kind of nervous because I kind of thought that they were kind of doing an all Hail Mary with it because they knew that this was going to be Logan's final appearance. And they kind of just wanted to go all out and they didn't care what would happen if it didn't do so well or if it did great. And honestly, I cannot thank this movie enough because this is the movie that pushed the R-rated comic book films. This movie helped create Deadpool. This movie helped create – wait, didn't that – Deadpool came out in 2016. I'll shut the fuck up. But anyway, this movie helped pave the way for more R-rated films along with Deadpool. We got Deadpool 2. Look at DC with Joker. I mean, I still don't think it should have been our movie, but you have Joker. Uh, Birds of Prey coming out. Rated R, I'm pretty sure, if I'm corrected. It's showing that people will go out and see a rated R comic book film. It's not about what you show or what you say, but it's about how you do it. It's about who you put behind the camera in front of it to show the passion. And this movie showed all the passion with James Mangold. And I just want to do a shout-out real quick to my man for Ford v. Ferrari because that movie is fucking awesome. But I still need to go see that. James Mangold did a fantastic job between showing us what it's like to to live in a world where all your friends and family are now dead and now you live with the guy who showed you the correct path, suffering with, I think, Alzheimer's or dementia, one of the two. But he had a disease that was progressing along with a daughter he knew he never knew he had. And the ending made me tear up when they showed him dying, him accepting his death, and making sure that X-23 Laura is safe. And right before the movie cuts to black, Laura takes the statue, the, the tombstone, and turns it from a cross to an X to represent him being the final X-Man to die and showing that a new generation going forward. 
And I thought it was a beautiful send-off for a beautiful character that we've seen grow for about 17 years. At that point, 2000, yeah, 17 years. And I thought it was a perfect payoff for Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% with everything that you just said. Um, Rated R just, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're just using it as an excuse to, you know, just do a bunch of cursing and blood and blah, blah, blah. It just gives them more freedom to tell the story that they wanted to tell. And they did that with Logan. It was a beautiful movie that really showed the capabilities of Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. I mean, I cried. I cried so hard when um, when Professor X died. Holy shit, that was like that wasn't even that wasn't even funny. I was just like, I can't believe that they just did this right now. And you had, um, oh god, what was his name? Donald Pierce, you know, who was trying to pretty much like kill all these like mutant children, which was like horrifying. And if you guys actually have watch the show on Amazon Prime, Hannah, it, like, ends the exact same way, like, and has pretty much the same exact plot, and I'm like, did you guys get this from Logan? Like, come on now. But, yeah, Ryan, that that ending in Logan was absolutely just, it was so beautiful. It was heartbreaking. You know, she says uh, that quote from that old Western movie, there are no more guns in the valley and turns, you know, the cross into an S. Like, honestly, I'll tell you guys right now, Logan should have been the last Fox movie. Because that not only was a perfect send-off and a perfect love letter to uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, I think that would have been just a great way just to tie up the X-Men universe in general because they already were freaking dead by that point. We didn't need any more. You could have just ended it right then and there, and it would have been fine. But... Uh, I think I told you, Ryan, tomorrow I'm going to see Ford versus Ferrari, so I'm very excited about that. It, it makes you guys feel better. It's in my top ten films of the year. Wow. It's such okay. a fucking good movie. It looks good. See, like, that's the thing is that in real life, I don't give, like, two shits about sports. Like, I don't like football. I don't that's like good. baseball. I don't care about racing. But when it comes to movies, I love movies about sports because they always make them so epic. Like, you know, um, so even though I have, like, no interest at all in racing, I, like, wanted to see Ford versus Ferrari, like, since day one. And it may 100% have everything to do with the fact that John Bernthal's in it. Okay, so if this makes you feel better... He is part of the main focus for the first third of the movie. See, that's amazing because most of the movies that John Bernthal's in, he's in for like He's in it for like a cameo. But he he slowly starts to depart away because they start focusing on Christian Bale and Matt Damon. But Mm -hmm. I was really glad to see John Bernthal get the spotlight for the first third. And James Mangold does a fantastic job at filming the racing scenes that this is the only time, other than watching that documentary, Free Solo, my palms were getting really sweaty and I was on the edge of my seat because he showed it perfectly how dangerous racing is. And it was insane. Well, yeah, I mean, racing is incredibly dangerous. I remember 
um, my mom worked for Texaco years ago, and Texaco actually had a driver, like someone who, you know, was sponsored by them. And I think the guy, like, died at some point during the practice racing. So it's not, like, a safe sport at by any stretch of, you know, the means. So I'm really happy to hear that you enjoyed it, Ryan, and I'm super excited to see it tomorrow. So awesome. Can't wait. But, yeah, AJ... Logan is a perfect way to uh, kind of like split this list down the middle uh, just because I certainly think that it is one of the best comic book movies and one of the best movies of the decade. So awesome job. Kind of hate you that you took one of my picks, but it's okay. I'll recover. Uh, <laughs> I'll figure something out. No, um, let's see. Okay. So mine is number five and believe it or not, I'm going to stay within the Fox realm, and I'm going to put Deadpool. I'm going to put the first Deadpool because, Dang, okay, we're good, good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, I mean, again, first of all, we get Ryan Reynolds finally able to be the Deadpool that he wanted to be instead of that abomination that we had in uh, Wolverine Origins. And I think that everyone was excited for it. You know, like, he, obviously Green Lantern failed. His, you know, what they did with Deadpool and Wolverine Origins was terrible. But for some reason, we all really still believed in Ryan Reynolds, and he absolutely delivered. Deadpool was fun. Deadpool was uh, unabashed, and he was just great, like, I loved the fourth wall breaking. I loved how the music played into it. I loved the story. You know, Wade Wilson is just like, he is just a strange dude, you know, and his love story with Vanessa and how I think they did a perfect job of having it as an origin movie, but then not, you know, taking up, say, the whole entire movie on that. And, I loved his, like, relationship with Colossus and uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I, still to this day, like, one of my favorite scenes is when he goes to the X-Men mansion to get them, and he's like, oh, it's just you two. It's like the studio couldn't afford uh, any other X-Men or something like that. It's just it's fucking hilarious. Like, it's so good. It was poignant at some point. Um, I thought that uh, – I don't know his name. Ed Screen or something like that. Well, he played a good villain as uh, Francis. <laughs> Still to this day, me and my friend Cindy will occasionally text each other, <laughs> where's Francis? So, I mean, I just think that this is a great movie. It's so much fun. Um, and I think that it spawned off a good sequel as well. I know that not everyone likes Deadpool 2, but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed that what this Deadpool created. And I really hope that Kevin Feige sticks to his word and includes Ryan Reynolds, Wade Wilson in the MCU in some sort of capacity. Um, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. I don't know what they're planning on doing. But if we don't see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool again, that will be a travesty. So, yeah, I'm I'm including this as my number five. AJ, you said it was on your list as well, so I will let you give your opinion on the first Deadpool. Okay, so of course um, I agree with you on this. Deadpool is probably 
the most funniest, most disgusting superhero movie I've seen ever. Um, I'm going to actually give props to Blade for spawning rated R comic book movies, so thank you, Blade, uh, for giving us Deadpool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is the perfect is the perfect casting. I think even more so better than Chris Hemsworth, um, better than Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, better than Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Um, I just think that Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is the perfect casting. Um, just ignoring the fact that what was it? Um, Wolverine's Origins came out. I just, I don't even count that as a movie <laughs> at this point. That doesn't even exist anymore. Um, so for Ryan Reynolds to actually get back into the Deadpool characters and pushing and pushing for this movie to be released, giving us, um, well, it's the first thing we saw was like a. It was a video he released online of him as Deadpool, and we hear music and Deadpool on the on the bridge, and you see him just fall into that car, and I just thought everything was amazing in that movie. Um, so yeah, I I agree. This definitely needs to be on the best comic book movie of the decade list for sure, for sure. I even loved the opening credits. Because if you, like, read them, it was, like, some tool wrote yeah, this yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they did the same with the second one. I wasn't paying attention. But that first one, I was, like, well, it was some CGI character, and obviously that was Colossus. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I, like it makes me want to go back and watch the first Deadpool because of how just enjoyable that whole movie is like from start to finish it's so good um and i even loved the post credit scene in deadpool it was just like it's just hilarious and um i thought the the music was great the fighting was awesome in it and mm-hmm. i think that you know if they wanted to adapt it into the mcu i feel like you really wouldn't have to change so much just don't obviously have him say the F-bomb. Um, you can't really show any sex, but, you know, they only really showed that in the first movie. I don't think we really got much of that in the second movie. And, you know, then dial down with the blood. I feel like it wouldn't be so difficult. I feel like a lot of people are freaking out because they're like, oh, well, now he can't be radar. It won't be any good. And I'm like, I feel like they can do it. Like, obviously, like, we would, you know, we were just praising rated R comic book movies, but we also have to be realistic. The MCU will never put out a rated R movie because people were, you know, months ago saying that the Black Widow movie was going to be rated R, and they were like, no, definitely not. So I feel like you're not going to get a rated R Deadpool movie unless they say put it exclusively on Hulu and didn't release it in the theater. So that's just my opinion on it. But um, Ryan, what what are your thoughts on the first Deadpool? So I I know I am on the opposite side of everybody. Uh, I personally like the second Deadpool better, but I still really love the first one, and I couldn't agree more 
for one of you putting on this. Me personally, I would have put the second one, but that's because I'm kind of a bitch and I really like slapstick, stupid humor, and that was more the second one. But the first one is known by. I'll say really quick before you go. I I like the second one. There are some people out there who really disliked it. I'm not saying I disliked. I still think it was fun, and I like. Uh, Zazie Beats and Josh Brolin's inclusion in it. It's just that when I had to sit back and look at the two of them, I had to rank the first one higher. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, like I'm saying, if you're looking at the movies from a story standpoint, the first one is so much more condensed and better and tighter than the second one. But I feel like that's because it had a lot less to work with, not work with, but it had a lot less going for it. The the studio, I felt like, didn't have enough – I don't want to say courage, but didn't have enough um, – it didn't feel like the movie would work because it is an R-rated comic book film. And I feel like they gave Tim Miller a limited amount of stuff, whether that's money, what he's allowed to do, but – this movie is still really good. Um, Ryan Reynolds, fucking perfect casting. I like. Um, I I always forget her name. She was in Gotham. The the girl who plays his girlfriend Vanessa. Uh, she's oh Marina brought Bachran. She she was really great. And I I really hated how she died in the second one. But I'll get to that in a little bit. But I really like Marina Bachran. I love him as Slade Wilson. Fucking great. I like TJ TJ Miller's Weasel. He was hilarious. I didn't like Ajax as a villain as much as everyone else did. I thought he was kind of one note, just a bit of a douchebag. Yeah, it made for some really good jokes, but you knew it was going to be one and done after this movie. I'm not a big fan of the actor Ed Screen. I felt like he can't do very much acting in different things other than being the brooding asshole type guy because that's all he's ever been in. I don't feel like he can ever be anything other than that. And then I felt like they didn't give oh, what's her name? She's she's going to be in the Mandalorian next week, I think. I think you like her, AJ. But I forgot her name. She plays Starfire. Angel? So not Starfire. Angel. No, Angel? was Anyway, the woman that was like his accomplice. The, the one woman that, that punched, was going toe-to-toe with Colossus. Yeah, her. Was it Angel? I think so. But but you know who I'm talking about. That's all I care about. I felt like she was kind of there just to put in another super-powered person to fight someone, to fight Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, while Wade had to deal with Ed Screen's character. But other than that, I thought the film was really good. A tighter script than the second one. Really funny. It really, like I said with Logan, this these two films are the ones I really felt like gave studios the courage to make more R-rated films. I felt like when they made the Blade films, they didn't feel like they were taking as much of a risk because they I don't think they felt like they were going to lose too much because back in the day, Marvel had nothing, so I didn't think it was a hit or miss for them. They didn't really give enough of a shit, I think. But nowadays, you can see the market changing, and I felt like they they had more on stake especially after Deadpool's last outing in X-Men Origins Wolverine. And before I finish, I just want to say why I think Deadpool 2 is better. I'm just going to say, the scene, the X-4 scene of them jumping out of the plane, <laughs> I was crying on the fucking floor during that scene. 
I couldn't breathe. And I saw the the, the uh, Christmas version of that movie last year, too. And I found it just as funny without all the violence. And that says something to me. To show that a movie can be just as funny without all the violence and gore really shows how much of a good movie they made, in my opinion. Well, so I didn't see the Once Upon a Time in Deadpool um, or something yeah. like that. Was I think that was what it was yeah, called. Once Upon a Deadpool or something. Yeah, but if you're saying that it was just as good, this is my point, is that the MCU can make a Deadpool movie oh, without, yeah. you know. It, yeah, exactly. So, um, and you're right. Deadpool <laughs> 2, again, equally as, like, fantastic, just on a wider spread uh, playing field, but that like my favorite part of the whole Deadpool two experience was the marketing, uh, promoting X Force oh, so great. aggressively, and you're like they're gonna have a huge role. It's gonna be massive within two seconds. I mean, they took Bill Skarsgård, who you know. I think Deadpool 2 came out in, what, 2017 or something, or 2018, who was, like, what, arguably, like, one of the biggest stars at that time. Like, everyone's fawning over him. So everyone's like, oh, my God, Bill Skarsgård's going to be in this. And then you just <laughs> put him, like, through a shredder, pretty much. So, I mean. Can we, can we talk about, uh, what's his name, Phil, the dude with the mustache real quick? Oh, or was, whatever his name was. He was yeah, great. Dude, that's just, the real hero. <laughs> the real hero with that mustache. Like, fuck yeah. I'm sorry. I think I was the only one who found this extremely funny in my theater because at the end of the movie, I don't think one single person laughed because of how dark it was. But then I, me and my uncle, when we saw it, we were crying is when he went back in time and was contradicting mm-hmm. killing baby Hitler. <laughs> I was fucking crying. I couldn't believe they were gonna. I didn't think they'd ever go that far, but I'm glad they did. And I couldn't appreciate it more. I really couldn't. Wait, yeah. when did they kill baby Hitler? They didn't do that. Oh my in the god! Original. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't say for the end credit scene. He takes um cable time machine and changes yeah. the past. Yeah, yeah he's but going he. Back. he but he doesn't kill. He, he kill. He kills himself that, as Green Lantern, and then he brings back the X Force. No, no, no. So he brings back X Force. He kills himself making Green Lantern. Then he kills himself in X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. And then the last yeah. one is him contradicting killing Baby Hitler. I feel like that must have been in an extended version or something. Because no, it was I, in the I theater. Agree. I swear. I, Look it up. It is the funniest fucking thing in the world. All you see is him go back into, like, an orphanage, and you see him go up to a child, but you don't know who the child is. And he's like, oh, no, I shouldn't do this. Oh, I shouldn't do this. And, as you, and then it, the, the camera goes over his name and it says Adolf Hitler, and then he just picks <laughs> him up and just kind of carries him. It was fucking hilarious. I I just remember crying during that scene. I really I feel like crying. that's like I really feel like that's an extended version of the Once Upon a Deadpool or something because I I stayed 
throughout the whole end credits, and that was not in it when I went to the theater. But I did see Deadpool 2, like, when it first came out. So I don't know if they did, like, an extended version or something. But that, I, I would have remembered I swear it was at the end of that movie. I'll have to look it up or, or something. But... Oh, no, 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 no. It was a deleted scene, that's why, because it was oh, too okay. dark. I remember right now. It was a yeah, deleted scene like, because they felt like it was too far. That's what it was. And I remember crying watching it. I'm like, I wish they showed this in the theater. That's what it was now. I'm actually glad you said that. I think it was because I bought it on, like, iTunes or something, and I went to the extras or deleted scenes, and that was one of them. It was so <laughs> funny. It was so <laughs> funny. I wish it was in the theater. That just reminds me of in Endgame when Rhodey suggested going back in time and killing Peggy Oh, my God, Thanos. just jumping Thanos, why. yeah. <laughs> I just oh. thought about that last night or something. I was, like, imagining in my head where he's, like, doing the motion, and they're like, dude, it's a baby. And he's like, yeah, baby Thanos. Like, <laughs> okay, Which, I don't um, mean to go too – I don't mean to go, like, too off, off track of the top ten, but I, I feel like we have some time. But did you guys see the deleted scene of Rhodey and Captain America going through the timeline trying to find the stone? And Captain America is replying to Rhodey explaining how he got frozen. And Rhodey's like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> you, cra- you crashed the plane. Couldn't you have just, didn't you have enough time to just jump out? He's like, I had to. He's like, couldn't you just, like, jump out? And then Captain America just shuts up and just looks very vigorously at the fucking monitor like, he's right, shit. <laughs> I, I did see that one. I feel like, and this is not to go too off topic, but I feel like Rhodey was just a treasure in Dude, Endgame. He yeah, was just like... I said, he, I said the same thing. I'm so glad they gave him some, some like, the funniest fucking line. Like, at oh the end, God. when uh, they're, they're deciding who's going to snap... And Thor's like, I should do it. Do you know what's flowing through my body right now? And he's like, what, cheese, cheese whiz? And <laughs> Thor's like, do you want to say yes? One. He wants to say yes, but he's like, I gotta do this. It's great. I might watch that game again tonight now. Fuck. I love that movie. Rhodey was just so good in that. Like, again, from trying to kill baby Thanos to that deleted scene. Like, couldn't you just have jumped out? And, the, like... It might as well have been a scene from The Office, like with Steve just like staring oh, off the camera. Like, it was so good. But um, yeah. Uh, let's move on, Ryan. Actually, it is your pick for the number four. Okay. Okay. So, I already know what my next two picks are because I already know AJ's next pick is going to be Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Sorry, buddy, but that's not going to be number one because I know I get number one. But at number four, because I know none of you are going to choose it, I'm going to put Avengers Endgame, okay? So if you tell me this was not one of the biggest comic book movies of this decade, let alone the decade, the entire fucking existence of our lives and the history of mankind, you are solely wrong. This movie does everything that I wanted it to. I'm sorry, but you cannot come up to me and tell me that someone can make a better film wrapping up an 11-year storyline with over hundreds of fucking characters. There's no way that someone can make something better than this. 
This movie is 11 years of development in the fucking making. I'm going to curse a lot during this. So viewer discretion is advised because that's how passionate I am about these next two picks. This film does the impossible. It, no, I can't say it because it's going to ruin something. But this film does the impossible. It takes all these characters that we love and creates one of the best team-up action scenes of all mankind. The film is three hours. The last hour of that movie is every single fucking Marvel superhero going up against Thanos and his army. And, yes, we got Captain of fucking America wheeled a mirror near and scream Avengers Assemble after being teased multiple times throughout our fucking lives. Because that's how much of an asshole Kevin Feige gets. And do you know how much of a scream I let out during that scene? I screamed, fuck yeah, Captain America, you shoved that near and near size dick up Thanos' ass. I screamed that in the movie theater because that's how into the movie I was. This film does everything I could have ever wanted, and it has the balls and audacity to kill off the main star of the MCU. That is the biggest move I think they would have ever made. And I'm super glad they made it. And I kind of hope that they don't bring him back in future films, even with the rumor of Robert Downey Jr. being in Black Widow. I hope it's like a hologram or a quick cameo scene. But I hope they don't do anything to revert him coming back alive because that was one of the biggest praises I gave the movie. I felt like they finally knew that they didn't need Robert Downey Jr. to advertise the MCU anymore. They they know that they built their trust with fans and the public enough to – they know, dude, I'll fucking give them every single dollar bill I have to see every Marvel film nowadays at launch pretty much. Think about it. 2020 is going to be an okay year for Marvel. Not going to be great. We have Black Widow next May, Eternals next November. And Bucky, not Bucky, fuck, I'm stupid. Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out next fall. That's three projects. But every year after that for three years, four Marvel movies plus the Disney Plus TV shows, which is about the three or four of them a year. That's insane. And that would not happen without Avengers Endgame. And can I say this is the first movie to be avatarded because it's so stupid? But this movie is just fantastic. It's got the emotional beats. There's only one other movie I cried over, and that's when Marley dies at the end of Marley and Me. And when the the, the fucking scene of Tony dying, he snaps, he falls over, and everyone starts saying their goodbyes. <clears throat> and Pepper goes up to him, putting her hand on his arc reactor and saying, rest. We're going to be okay. You can sleep now. When that happened, dude, I started crying because that was fucking beautiful. A guy who goes from being a billionaire playboy philanthropist fucking slut to being so selfless in order to save the entire universe, that's the best symphony of any fucking character you can get anybody nowadays. And they gave him such a beautiful send-off with the 
I love you 3000 speech at the end. When he, when that little scene at the end of everyone sitting in their living room and it's a pre-recorded message of him before they go back in time, not knowing whether it's going to be successful or not, whether he's going to die or not. And at the end, the parallel of him saying, I love you 3000, looking at the camera paralleling, looking at Morgan at the same time, dude, it fucking hit me. Um, father gave his life for the universe, leaving his family and leaving a, he knows that the, the fucking universe is safe with the people that he's helped create, build, Spider-Man. I don't know. I can't even put into words how much this film meant to me at the end of the day. I'm not, I'm not going to keep going on because I feel like you guys need to talk and I'm just being a bitch right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said so much that was absolutely true. Um, it is the culmination of 11 years of movies that we've seen. And it does it mean so much. I hate when I see people trying to put down Endgame. And I'm like, that meant so much to Marvel character. I mean, Marvel fans. It was such a love letter to everyone who, you know, stuck by and continued watching these movies over and over again. I, I was thinking about Endgame the other day for some reason. And I think what I loved most about it was is that it wasn't your typical superhero movie. Because we're so used to seeing all these characters in their epic battle ready, you know, suits, blah, blah. And this not only saw them almost as civilians for most of the movie, but them in a situation where they were unsure and they were defeated. I love that we literally had a five-year gap where all the Avengers who were remaining had to sit there and realize, like, we lost and we have no idea what to do. And that was great because you're not used to seeing that. You're like, they're the Avengers. They're going to make it through, and they don't. Um, I loved everything about this. I loved Steve Rogers having his support group. I loved um, – I love. okay. So, you know, we were talking about this, I think, AJ, me, and Juwan last week, and I loved what they did with Thor. When I first went to the movies – I think, of course, it's very shocking seeing, quote-unquote, fat Thor, right? You're shocked. You're like, I can't believe they went in this direction. But the more you think about it, the more heartbreaking it becomes because you're realizing that it's not just him gaining weight. It was him completely just losing faith in everything and just giving up because he couldn't save the day. And he truly lost everything because if we remember in Infinity War, when Thor says to Rocket, what else have I got to lose? We realize that he did lose what he what was left of what he had to lose. And this is the result of it. And that was just so beautiful and so, like, mature in a way. But I loved it. I loved that we got Ant-Man back and how they really just – it was almost like rejuvenated. Like, okay, now we can stop being so freaking defeated and we can just pick back up. I love that Endgame finally, you know, 
brought Steve Rogers and Tony back because we've been waiting for this since the end of Civil War and we didn't get it in Infinity War and it almost looked like we weren't going to get it in Endgame in the beginning and then finally the two the two OGs the two bosses finally like coming back and we see how beautiful it is Steve goes to Tony to beg him to help and Tony comes back and he gives Cap the shield and you're like let's get to work this is amazing uh it was so good and then of course that like final hour of the movie oh my god everything like the visuals were so beautiful you know Thor's like I can't say enough about Thor in that movie. Thor's, uh, you know, transition when he like finally says, "Okay, let's you know, let's kill him proper this time," and his freaking beard starts braiding, and he looks epic as shit. And like again, at first they're battling Thanos, and you really are sitting there going, "Is this it? Like, you know, is this the end? Are they actually going to lose again to him?" And as you said. Like, nothing made me, like, internally and externally scream more than Cap picking up Mjolnir. Because we've been waiting for this since Age of Ultron, when it moved a little. It's like, we knew Steve was worthy, and they they went for it. It's like, the Russo brothers went for it in Endgame. They knew this is the end. They're like, we're going to go for it. We're going to do everything. You know, you want Steve Rogers to pick up Mjolnir? He's picking up Mjolnir. He's freaking worthy. And that scene of Steve being all by himself up against Thanos and his army was very Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. And that little, like, him hearing, like, like, I wish I could go back and watch Endgame for the first time again. Because nothing made me happier than sitting there and you hear, like, Static and it's Sam Wilson and he goes on your left and all of a sudden all of the freaking portals start opening and you're like oh my god they did it they you're started, like fuck was, yeah I was like oh my god I literally like started having like I felt like that one guy who does those videos who cries during like the Star Wars trailers like that was me I was like this is so beautiful I was like oh my god they they're coming back it was so epic I'm like you're fucked now Thanos you are um, and I loved uh, before I pass it on to AJ because now I'm talking over and over again but uh, of all the epic things in that battle from Avengers Assemble uh, Tony and uh, Spider-Man hugging finally to me what I loved is you know Doctor Strange no matter what still couldn't tell Tony that this is the the path that he saw that made that was going to have the positive outcome. And I love when it looks in that moment where, again, all hope is lost and they have to pull out the Hail Mary pretty much. And he looks to Strange and Strange just holds up his finger like this is the one. And that lets Tony know that by him making this sacrifice, this is the only outcome where everyone else gets to live. And the fact that it ends with him saying, I am Iron Man, which is how he ended the first Iron Man movie, which started this whole thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm going to stop talking, AJ. Please please uh, talk about your thoughts on Avengers Endgame before I, like, become tongue-tied from expressing myself. And Cap gets a happy ending. I was honestly, I loved everything you guys said. I was 
to be honest, you know, I could have just kept talking. I would have just listened to like good four hours. <laughs> um, this is probably one of the few movies me and Ryan will agree on that is amazing. So we don't have to Ryan argue there. together. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're gonna agree from from for the for the next few texts, so it's gonna be fun. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm gonna pick a fight real quick. I'm gonna pick a fight real quick. I am I am upset that you're going to choose Infinity War as number one and not Endgame as number one. <laughs> That's what I'm upset about. <laughs> I, was, I, was surprised, I was surprised at your choice of putting this type of order. I was like, Endgame first? You can't put Endgame first, but, you know. I mean, I got a good reasoning. Cast may have had a happy ending, but you know what? Tony also was able to get his life, because he never would have envisioned for himself that he would have had this family. Like, to me, even though Tony, Tony did get a happy ending because at the core of everything, Tony was a selfless person, and he died, you know, being selfless and was able to gift that. So to me, it's like that was his happy ending, even though he died, and I know that's like, well, how is that happy? I still feel like he was able to, because he knew that he, he was, you know, paving the way for everyone else. And Cap got his happy ending. And I'm sorry, like, to say I'll defend that. Like, I don't, everyone's like, oh, the development, you know, him and Bucky and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I I like that. He went back. He was a Peggy. It's done. You know? It's over. But I'm sorry. AJ, go ahead. Okay. I want to start off with this. Um, on Disney Plus, they have the extended, um, the deleted yes. scene where... Where Tony, um, we see Tony um, walking through. Um, I forget what it is that dimension where your soul is taken. Yeah, soul dimension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you scene. see, and you see his daughter, and you see his daughter, um, and they have a talk with each other, and she says that she's proud of him for what he did to save everyone, and he was talking about that he regret doing that because he doesn't. He can't see his daughter growing up. I honestly teared up throughout that whole thing. Um, okay, but that scene was that scene. That scene was crap, though. I'm glad it wasn't in the movie. No, I love. He felt that very out of place. That scene should have been in there. It wasn't completely edited either. It yeah, wasn't completed. True. I mean, okay, just just the emotion of that scene was beautiful. I'll just say that. Um, you know what it is? I just don't like that actress. So to me, I'm like, I'm glad that it wasn't in there. No, you know? fair I hope she's in the future. I hope she's in the future of the MCU. I love her. I, I heard she's going to play Iron Man <laughs> along with uh, Ironheart, but I, I kind of hope she doesn't. Just let the Starks uh, fade out. That's what I hope. Yeah, if we're going to yeah, have like a new... We're going to have a new uh, MCU with these new characters. I mean, Kevin Feige just added four more movies to, like, what, the roster for 2021 or 2022 or something. So it's like, if we're going to. Yeah. Oh, my Wait, God. You guys are complaining that we shouldn't have more movies for. No, no, no. Bro, do you is know that, 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 that what you guys are complaining about, bro? Coming out in 2021, man. Fucking eight. Okay. And, and, then, and, then, and then we have to do Oh my god. AJ, my only complaint 
is that I'm going to go broke from going to the movies every <laughs> That's my only complaint, is that I'm like, oh, because you guys know me, I don't go to the theaters much for anything unless yeah, movie pass. the movies. Get so movie pass, you'll save a whole lot of Every month is going to be like, oh, every movie is just going to be oh, here you go, here, take it. <laughs> Take it, take my money. <laughs> it's gonna be That's just... why you got to get movie pass. $20 a month, you can watch however movies you want. AMC I, or Regal. For, for 2021 and, like, moving forward, I may have to freaking do that because this is ridiculous. Like, Marvel's coming from my wallet. They're like, you don't need to Marvel's eat that DC, too. DC is coming up. No one's talking about it, but DC is coming up, too. I mean, okay. all I'm I, excited for with DC is, is the Suicide Squad, so, you know. Okay, I, I, AJ, you're going to get mad at me for this, but I hope you uh, take my apology out as soon as I say it. But I'm not excited for Wonder Woman 1984. You can say that for all. I don't care if you say that. Um, you just have okay. to wait until the advertising I, and all that. I actually don't care no, no. what anybody Honestly, says until... Excited for Birds of Play, Prey and Suicide Squad, the most I've ever DC films. Though fuck Black Adam, that movie's been in development so long I can't care less about it coming out now. That is true. I Jesus think, Christ. Before we move on, I will say that anytime we do Geek Vibes Live, and Juwan has something to say about Black Adam, as soon as he turns to me and he goes, "Tia, what do you think?" I'm like, "It's never gonna happen." So I'd like to not talk about it because this movie is never going to happen. But anyway, I'm just waiting for uh, that trailer. Once that trailer comes out, then I'll believe no, it. No, 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 no. You can't even believe the trailer because two years that, ago that is true. That is true. Two years ago, two years ago, we had a trailer for New Mutants. Yeah, that's that true. That movie ain't never coming out either. I can't so. wait till that comes out. I can't wait till that comes it's out. It's never coming it's out. So it's going to be one of those archive movies. It's going to be one of those archive movies. I'm telling you. Coming out <laughs> next year. I'm telling you. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best fucking hero movie ever. I'm telling you. Quote me on that shit. It's a relic of a now dead universe. But anyway. While we have the time, uh, AJ, what is your number three pick? Wait, I know what you're gonna I'm do. honestly upset. I, I I forgot which number we were on, and I was supposed to pick three. Joker before I picked this movie. I'm picking Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This Boy. movie is the best Spider-Man movie ever created. Better than the overrated Spider-Man 2, overrated Spider-Man, the disgusting, amazing Spider-Man 2, the average, <laughs> amazing Spider-Man. This just, this is just one, this is what, um, what is it called? This is what pe- made people love Miles Morales. Um, people didn't start liking them in the comics at all for some other re- some, for some other reason, but once this movie came out, everybody was talking about Miles Morales. Um, you still have other great characters other than Miles Morales. You have Peter Parker, you have Gwen Stacy, you have Spider um, Ham, you have um, Spider Noir, you have all of them in here, and they all like what is it called? 
they all connect perfectly with each other. Even though they have, like, different animation um, rates and all of that, it still feels perfect in a way um, that makes you, um, what is it called? That makes you just want want to watch it more and more and more. Um, the Leap of Faith scene is probably, this is probably going to be the most iconic scene in any superhero genre movie ever. Um, just the weight of that whole scene, just it just made everything like feel emotionally and even physically. <laughs> I'm gonna say physically too. Just makes you happy and excited um, for the next uh, for the next movie to come out because you already know that they're gonna have that same um, same compassion that same energy to come in for the next one like they did for the first one. And I just have to put this as my, I guess, my number one um, overall. I might, after talking about this, I actually might put this over Man of Steel. I don't care what anybody says. Ryan, you're wrong. Um, animated <laughs> movies. It is real movies. Even more so, probably even better than live-action movies. I will say it has better emotions in it. It, it this actually made me cry <laughs> a lot more than Avengers Endgame. And I was a little bitch when I watched Avengers Endgame. I was a little bitch when I watched Avengers Endgame. Um, I just love this movie just in general. So this is my last pick right here. Um, so I think I said this. I don't know if I said this to you guys, but I only recently saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Like, I didn't see it when it first came out. I probably only watched it about two or three months ago. I was going through Netflix, and I had absolutely nothing to watch and decided to put it on. And I was like, wow, this this is really good. Like, I can see what everyone's talking about. The animation style was really cool. It felt very different. Um, I can't put my finger on it because obviously I don't know the exact different styles of animation, so I can't say like what particularly felt so different about it, but it was great. Um, I loved the way that they kept explaining freaking like every single Spider-Man, quote-unquote, their backstory, Um, and I didn't expect them to kill Peter Parker off in the beginning, like the, the, the Peter Parker from Miles Morales' universe. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I thought Peter Parker was in this movie. And lo and behold, it's a older, washed-up Peter Parker who just wants his relationship back with, uh, with uh, Mary Jane. Let's talk about how epic uh, Aunt May was in this movie. She was a badass. Um, I love the relationship with Miles and his family. Um, just the whole dynamic with his mother and his father I thought was really good. I really loved uh, Gwen Stacy. And I just lo- I love the whole point of it. I love that they dug even into Fisk and his reasoning behind doing what he was doing in the movie. It was great. The action sequences were awesome. Um I loved how 
Miles Morales really kind of became his own in the end because, you know, out of everyone there, he was, you know, the least experienced and he was going to show them that he had just as much a right to, you know, pretty much be at the big boy table as anyone else. And I liked that a lot. The music was great. Again, the animation style was awesome. If I had to pick one complaint about it, it is there was not enough spider noir in it. But besides that, it was an awesome movie. So awesome pick, AJ. Um, Ryan, have you seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? So when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I was skeptical because I'm not a huge animated movie type of guy. I'm not that very much invested in them. But when I saw the art style of this film and who was in it and who was making the film, it caught my interest. But no, no, I wasn't too intrigued by any of the trailers. So when I went into the film, I fucking loved it coming out. It has one of the best soundtracks of all time. I After I saw that movie, I listened to the soundtrack for about six months. It's just so, every song is just a fucking banger after banger after banger. In the shower, banger. At Starbucks, banger. Sleeping, banger. Everything in my head was just a banger from that album. I really like the voice actors for it, and I'm so glad that another one's coming out in April 2022. I'm going to assume all the same people are coming back, and there's going to be like 20, 30 different Spider people Gwen Stacy was fantastic. I actually liked Miles Morales before this movie came out. I I didn't always really advocate for him to be the next live-action Spider-Man, but it never would have really bothered me if he became the next live-action Spider-Man. Like, it wouldn't bother me like other people, but I was never like one of those SJWs type of, oh, he needs to be the next one. No, if he was the next one, I'd be like, oh, cool, that's going to be dope. But I'm glad he got the spotlight in this. The only main gripe I kind of have with the movie is I felt like it took a bit too long to make Miles, quote-unquote, Spider-Man. I felt like that he became Spider-Man in the last, what, 20 minutes of the film? Maybe speed that up a little bit more. But when he finally becomes Spider-Man, when he makes that jump, uh, the leap of faith, and the soundtrack is going, I'm like, Oh, fuck yeah. It's going down in my head right now. It's it's going. Yeah, this this is dope. I'm Spider-Man too. Yeah, Miles, we're Spider-Man too. Yeah, this is just fan-fucking-tastic. I love the film. Um, other than that one little gripe, I, I pretty much think it's per, almost perfect. Definitely one of my – definitely my favorite animated film of all time. And I've been trying to watch them more often since I have DC Universe, so I watch them here and there. But definitely a fucking banger pick. Um, and I will have to say that probably one of the best Stan Lee cameos um, out oh, of yeah, any Marvel it. movie. That that was just beautiful, him kind of saying, the suit always fits you. But then he's like, what did he say? This is a no return policy, isn't it, or something like that. And he was like, yeah, no returns or something. That was great. It's definitely one of the best, um, definitely one of the best uh family cameos and just a fantastic movie in general. I think we probably all knew that a second movie was coming, but when they announced it, that was pretty epic. So uh, looking forward to it. Like three years. 
Yeah, but if you have to think about the animation style and doing all that, I, I feel like that's going to take a while. So. <laughs> I, I get why they have to do it. I just don't want it to be like that. That's my problem. It's my own self-concern that I'm more worried about. Well, listen, I don't want freaking to wait two years for the Loki show, but I'm going to have to do so Fuck anyway. The Loki show. That shit is overrated. I could wait five more years. Oh, okay, Ryan. We're not going to have this discussion right now, but <laughs> I'm just saying. So, AJ, <laughs> AJ great pick. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm going to pick the number two, which is going to be my last one. So, you guys may disagree with me, right? I really Probably. want to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I really want. To put, <laughs> I really want to put Joker here, but at the same time, I really want to highlight another Batman type of movie. And since, uh, and again, you may not agree with me because it's certainly not the best one in the trilogy. Pick Joker because, so I can fight you guys on it. But because because we can't talk about The Dark Knight since it was in 2008. I no, want to put down the... don't you say it. I'm going to say it, Ryan. It's my show. <laughs> I'm doing The Dark Knight Rises. No. No, listen, I do not hate this movie like so many other people like dislike this movie. To me, I thought it was a perfect ending to a fantastic trilogy that Christopher Nolan manufactured for all of us. Um, I still love Tom Hardy's freaking portrayal of Bane. And I went back and was, like, looking at some clips because with the recent casting of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in Matt Reeves' upcoming Batman movie, I went on Tumblr, typed in Catwoman, and Anne Hathaway's Catwoman popped up. And I remember how much I absolutely loved her as Catwoman, the subtle change in the beginning of the movie where you just saw she was just this little maid and then she's breaking into Bruce Wayne's uh you know, safe and stealing his shit. And she was just so acrobatic and so, like, sensual and sly. And I loved it. And the whole, uh, you know, the beginning scene with the freaking plane and that whole thing that went on was absolutely nuts as shit. And just seeing Bruce Wayne. Like, I'm a sucker for the movies where you see someone who was once at the top of their game suddenly has this, like, long extended period of just being down in the dumps because it's pretty much alluded that it's been, like, eight years. Bruce Wayne has been absolutely, like, just a bum and a reclusive hermit, hasn't left his house or anything, and then him having to come back out to fight up against Bane, who absolutely, like, bests him in a moment by breaking his back and having... and. Just the whole thing, okay? The whole thing. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but there's so much emotions. You know, his whole thing with Alfred. Like, okay, nothing made me cry harder at that time than Michael Caine as Alfred crying over a grave saying, I failed you, you know, and shit. And then, like, the whole thing, the whole, like, Gotham becoming a wasteland pretty much. And then at the end, uh, I still think it's one of the most, like, powerful quotes when freaking 
he uh, Batman tells Jim Gordon that a hero can be anyone, even just you know someone putting a jacket over a little boy's shoulder when he thinks the world has ended, and Jim Gordon realizing that this is Bruce Wayne. I love this movie. Like I, I clapped when that freaking Batman showed back up in his bat suit. I mean, everything seems so intense. You really thought that. Bruce Wayne was going to die. You really thought that freaking Gotham was actually going to blow up. I mean, it, I, to me, I thought it was a perfect ending to Christopher Nolan's trilogy. I love what he did with Batman. I love what he did with this world. And, again, uh, Tom Hardy as Bane, perfection. So that's my pick. I don't care, Ryan, if you dislike it. But, AJ, I'm going to go to AJ first. And, AJ, what do you think of The Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, Tom Hardy as Bane. Uh, I couldn't care less about that character whatsoever. I uh, did not like the character. I didn't like him that he was used as a pawn. Don't. I just didn't like the voice of Bane. Uh, I just thought the ca- whole the character as a whole was terrible. Um. I never cared for Christian Bale as Batman. Um, he didn't oh. even interest me in the, in the Dark Knight. The whole Dark Knight thing was just about the Joker, and it, it's still a masterpiece for Dark Knight. But Dark Knight, we're talking about Dark Knight Rises. Um, I just didn't really care for this movie as much as most people did, and I kind of wish he just chose the Joker. At this point, and uh, I just I can't agree with you, but I guess I have to agree with you, and we can leave it on the top ten. You don't have to agree with me. That's perfectly fine. I stand by my decision. It was one of my most enjoyable in the past decade, and I still think that Christian Bale is the best Batman, certainly over Ben Affleck. So that's my two cents there and <laughs> but um uh, all right well so you it's okay you don't have to agree with me ryan i know you want to give your two cents because you disliked my pick as well so i don't dislike this movie i just think it's a forgettable movie i don't think it's forgettable because it's a bad movie I think it's forgettable because of the movie in the franchise it came off the backbone from. It came off one of the best Batman stories. And it was kind of disappointing to see where they went. Uh, I like I like Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne and Batman. I thought he was really fucking good as that. I like all the actors. I, I, I still don't get why they went with the Talia al Ghul twist at the end. I thought it was kind of pointless, especially with her being the love interest and all that, and it made no sense. I'm just like, who the fuck cares about this character? I'm like, why do they have to do this whole Talia al Ghul twist? Why do they have to make Bane a pawn? And I've always kind of been in favor for making Bane that overly exaggerated, muscular-built guy from doing, like, too many drugs. And, but I thought the voice was really cool. He felt like he could, quote-unquote, break the bat. 
But I felt like they gave him the advantage of Bruce Wayne being older and not in his prime, and I felt like that's why he kind of won. I don't really feel like he won because he was better. I feel like he won because Batman wasn't Batman for a while. And then, like I said, with the twist, it just didn't work. And I didn't think it was a very good payoff. And Christopher Nolan is always known for doing those what type of ending is this? Is it real? Is it not real? With Bruce Wayne sitting with Selena Kyle at the end of the film, tipping off Alfred. That's how the film ends. I'm just like, really, you had to do that, man. Because I knew people were going to be like, oh, Bruce Wayne's alive. He's going to make a sequel. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, he probably died, I, I don't want to say. But it's just a forgettable movie for me. And honestly, I kind of forgot about it until I made the mistake of The Dark Knight coming out in 2008, not 2010s. So, yeah, that's my opinion on it. I kind of wish you chose Joker so I could fight you guys on it more. But <laughs> just a forgettable movie all around. I mean, I don't know how you could fight the Joker. It was absolutely amazing. But um, Come at me. Come at me. I'll show you. You know, maybe one day we should have a Joker review episode, and Ryan can come as his uh, uh, his usual his usual self and fight us on that one because that is something that AJ and I can certainly agree on. Is that? But um, all right. Well, so we are actually to the end of the list, and before we get to the number one, let's go through all of the great comic book movies of the last decade. We have number 10 as Man of Steel, number 9 as Batman The Dark Knight Returns, number 8 as Captain America The Winter Soldier, 7 as Dread, 6 as Logan, 5 Deadpool, 4 Avengers Endgame, 3 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 2 The Dark Knight Rises, and Ryan, give us your number 1. All right, ladies and and, and, uh, AJ, let me just let me just hit you guys with the facts. So you guys obviously know number one for me is going to be Avengers: Infinity War, and I'm kind of glad you guys asked me why I didn't put Endgame as number one and I didn't do the old switcheroo. So first off, this movie didn't have Ant Man and Hawkeye. Okay, whatever. We knew they were coming in Endgame, uh, so that didn't really bug me, but. I give this film so much credit. This film did the unthinkable. It took the whole universe and made, I'm trying to remember, is it two or three separate storylines? It made two separate storylines worth of characters connected and intertwined with each other, which is remarkably hard, I would say, to take a whole universe of characters, split split them in half, put half in one story and the other half in one story, connecting at the end with Thanos. I give him so much credit with that. I I love the ballsy moves they take with not relying this movie on being all about the original Avengers, not having too much of Captain America, really focusing on who the future of the MCU is, because they knew exactly how Endgame was going to end, and they wanted they, they knew Endgame was going to be for the original six, so they had to give this movie for the new upcoming Avengers. 
This movie was everything I wanted. It was well-paced, two hours and 40 minutes, nonstop action, great background, a great villain, one of the best villains of all time. Was just some of the greatest character development with Thor. Thor is one of the, was arguably one of the weaker MCU characters when he was first introduced. And then he turned into one of the fan favorites. In the beginning, we see Thanos wipe out half of the Asgardians. He is locked up in the destroyed ship with his brother and the Hulk. He Loki dies by getting choked out, and we're, we learn that this is he's actually dead because Thanos says, no tricks this time. Ha, ha, ha. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. We get it. But that's not the point. We see him lose a brother that he never wanted to admit that he loved because of all the terrible things he's done. But deep down, he really did love him, and to see him lose him was awful. To see him lose his father in the movie before that was awful. And his mother in the movie before that was just as awful. Thor loses somebody in every <laughs> single film. And to see this man not break down until Endgame and just r- recollect and evaluate where his life is and to see that he still has hope in defeating Thanos when him, Rocket, and Groot go to get Stormbreaker is, in a, remark- is a remarkable storyline. On top of that, we have Tony and Peter building their relationship as father and son, along with going to the cosmic MCU with Doctor Strange and half of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And may I add, this movie had to introduce the Guardians of the Galaxy to the Avengers, the Wakandans to the Avengers, and the world to the Avengers, the universe to the Avengers. And this film pulls it off so elegantly, so masterfully. I must have watched this movie a hundred times, and every single time I get something out of the film, I find something new to enjoy. I like the team up. I like how everyone interacts with each other. They're all different personalities clashing with each other. Well, it's whether it's them not agreeing on something or whether them agreeing on something. It's always great how we've seen these characters built up in their own separate movies finally coming together and building the future of the MCU. And that's only the first two-thirds of the film. We get to the climax. We get to the battle of Titan and the battle of the Wakanda. One of the two of the best fight scenes in any comic book films other than the Avengers Endgame base fight. But like I said, we already spoke about that. This film somehow simultaneously shows two of the biggest set piece fights back simultaneously. They're happening at the same time. As we watch uh, Thanos go for the time stone or the eye of Agamotto from Doctor Strange on Titan fighting Iron Man, throwing planets at them, and to see them almost win literally one centimeter. I'm sorry, Jay, but one centimeter from winning. And Star Lord had to mess it up because he didn't hold his emotions. And for one more second, I had to go there, AJ. I'm sorry, man. And they lose it. They lose it. And then after Thanos beats them, he goes to Wakanda because he has five out of the six Infinity Stones. He wipes the floor with everyone. And as I'm watching that scene, I'm like, holy fuck, are they going to stop him? 
there's no way they can't stop him because it's never been done before. Every single film, the villain has always been stopped in one way or another. So we get to Wakanda, the Battle of Wakanda, and Thanos is wiping the floor with five out of the six Infinity Stones. And I kind of felt something during the scene when he went to get the the Mind Stone from Vision. And you see Wanda hold him off as she's destroying the stone all at the same time, holding off the Mad Titan with five out of the six Infinity Stones and trying to destroy the Infinity Stone in her boyfriend's head at the same time has an emotional resonance that I didn't think I'd see it. And just as she destroys it, you get the sigh of relief. I'm like, holy shit, they destroyed it. And then because of all the intensity going on, you forgot he had the time stone. So he turns back time, re-kills the vision, pushes Wanda aside, and takes all of the Infinity Stones, all six. And just as you think he won, Thor comes out of nowhere and puts a fucking axe in his fucking chest. And you're like, oh my god, that was a close one again. And as you're saying that in your head, you hear Dennis whisper, you should have gone for the head snap. And you're like, oh, fuck. What the fuck? Oh, okay. And then everything goes quiet. You're like, okay, did anything happen? And then you see Jax disappear. One after the other, disappear, disappear. I remember being in the theater, and people were like, oh, my God, oh. I saw this movie five times in the theater, and every single time I'm like, holy shit, they did it. They wiped out half the universe. No film has ever done such a fucking monumental thing that they had the balls to take out all the half of the MCU. They fucking did it. And that scene between Peter and Iron Man was just emotional. Peter just disappearing and Tony's arms, thinking that he could have saved him if he just stayed home, and which that probably wouldn't have been the case. He probably still would have gotten dusted either way. And ends with everyone, except for the a few Avengers in the original six, not dead, fades to black as the Avengers Infinity War logo gets dusted. Goddamn, that was so fucking beautiful. I'm sorry, I'm better cry myself. <laughs> um, because we only have about six minutes left, I'm not going to take up too much time. But I agree with everything that you said, Ryan. The fact that they did the unthinkable and had the villain win at the end just left everyone in the theater shocked. We all were like, did that really happen? And before I pass it on to AJ, I'll say that Thor's, um, in, Thor's uh, arrival in, onto Wakanda still remains like one of my favorite scenes within the MCU of all time. But AJ, what are your thoughts on Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, I agree uh, with all all the things you guys said. Um, The scene where Thor came back to Earth was probably one of the most badass scenes in the whole movie. Um, Peter dying and Tony's hand was probably the most sad um, scene in the movie. Everything had emotion, whether if it was happy, sad, static, anything. Um, this movie will give it to you. And I think that it deserves to be, even though 
Endgame should have been number one. Uh, I think this is a good spot. This is a good spot for Infinity War as well because um, Infinity War and Endgame are basically neck and neck for me. Uh, so I have to. I will agree with Ryan this time on Infinity War being number one. Oh my god! <laughs> no, so, I mean, listen. I think that Endgame two should have taken the number one slot, but uh, Avengers: Infinity War still remains like just one of the all-time best Marvel movies and one of the all-time best uh, comic book movies that we've ever received. And I don't know if Infinity War and Endgame or something of that caliber can ever be done again. Uh, We'll probably have to wait another decade to see that. But, guys, I think that we did a really awesome job in breaking everything down, voicing what we think are some of the best uh, comic book movies of the past decade. I know that we have some uh, upcoming shows that we'll talk about the best movies in general of the past decade, some of the best movies in 2019, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, AJ, I'm going to give you a moment to kind of promote the Geek Vibes Nation Discord channel just because I know that you've been super excited and super uh, vigilant about that. <laughs> yeah, so Geek Vibes Nation has a new, uh, oh God, forgot the word, Discord. Um, if you want the information for the Discord, you can always message me off uh, Twitter or Instagram or anything basically, but mostly Twitter because I'm on it 24-7. Um, I'm doing the Mandalorian reviews for Geeks Rob Nation as well. Waking up really, really early in the morning to do those, 3 o'clock to be exact. Um, <laughs> uh, right now, I just downloaded Fallen Order, which is incredible right now. Uh like I said, just follow me on Twitter at AJ underscore G-Spives, and you can argue with me all day, all night, anytime, anywhere. Just follow me. That's all. <laughs> I was going to say, um, AJ loves arguing, so it's perfect. But, Ryan, what would you like to promote uh, now so that the audience can uh, – you know, listen in. All right, so I'm planning on bringing back the podcast. Me and AJ filmed like a Disney Plus type of thing that I'm releasing tomorrow. So catch that out on the Geek Fix podcast. I plan on up- uploading more on that. My bad, but I kind of want to get. I want to kind of do a Joker discussion because I know you guys love the film so much, and I don't love it as much as you guys do. So hopefully we can do that. But you guys can also check me out on Twitter. I'm just Ryan again, or Ryan Claus. For fucking Christmas, ho ho ho! Have an Avengers Christmas. Not the point is fuck Thanksgiving. Anyway, guys, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, oh, absolutely. Before I forget, um, the podcast Ryan was talking about. If you join the pot, um, if you join the Discord, you can hear us actually earlier to um, hear the conversation oh, we're yeah. having. And sometimes you can actually join in as well. The Give us your input on things as well. So make sure to join the Discord. It's a very as well. rigorous progress to get in. The president can't even get in some days. You know, it's so hard. So <laughs> many people. You got to build it up like it's a shit. 
Awesome, awesome. Yeah, everyone, make sure you definitely check that out and just make sure you keep an eye out on geekvibesnation.com for all the awesome content that we have. We have great articles, reviews, podcasts. We're doing uh, Geek Vibes Live tomorrow, and we're doing, uh, you know, Geeks Against the Grain. We got the top ten every week. Uh, we have Scene and Nerds, the main Danny. Just everything, such awesome podcast content and such awesome writing content. So make sure you check that out. Add us on all of the social media that you can. And, guys, it's been fun. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. And here's to 2020. See ya. AJ, check my Twitter and don't at me again, motherfucker. Peace.